three, two, one. Happy Freight Friday. Wow, we have a big group today who seems very excited to talk about double brokering. Um, here's what we're going to do today, folks. I've got a great crowd for you. We've got a lot of people in the comments. I see it right now. We have Charles Lung. We have Ron. We have Mark. We have Eric. Everybody knows the best spot to go is over to YouTube. Hit that live chat button. Make sure to hit the subscribe button as well and join in the chat and make some friends. Here's what we're going to do today. We have packed this episode so full because we want to help out people as much as possible with this double brokering issue. And you guys all saw my posts throughout the week. It stirred a lot of emotions from people. And we are going to talk about, here's what I've decided. I'm trying to think. I want to talk about what is double brokering. Because I noticed in the comments there were there were a lot there's a lot of confusion out there. Some of y'all fall for the owner or operator or the lease on or the I'm a dispatcher trick. So we need to talk about that. We're going to talk about why companies double broker because once you realize the why, and some of them are going to surprise you. Some of them you do not know some of those reasons. But once you find out why, you can anticipate it a little bit more. And then we're going to talk about what to do. And people, y'all are in the comments. Look, Swan Leap is here. Ron Kane is here. He said he double brokered Chris's hat. <laughs> Grace, oh wait, Grace, you're on the screen too. And in the comments. You're so badass, Grace. And um, uh, Andrea's here. So I'm excited. But first, I want you guys to all give mad love to our mad sponsors. We've got JJ Keller, who is your go-to resource for anything trucking, anything you can think of trucking. They have solutions for, just check out their website. They have tons of books, resources, anything to answer your questions, and they have consultants all over the country. You have OTR Capital, my favorite broker, my favorite brokering company. Oh my goodness, all I can think about is brokering, brokering, brokering. My favorite factoring company, OTR Capital, they will take good care of you, factoring for brokers and carriers. And then Swan Leap, you just saw them in the comments, my favorite um, TMS is designed for brokers. It's not clunky. It's not old. You got good reporting. It's flexible. They're already integrated with your customers. So give them mad love, you guys, because without them, I would never do the show. And y'all wouldn't be able to bitch about double brokering in the comments and yell at Chris Jolly on camera and stare at Grace's beautiful nails and wait for Amanda to start cursing. Yes, that's right. Amanda's with us today. Welcome, Amanda. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Um, Amanda. Our favorite flatbed broker in Alabama. Um, tell us, first of all, what is on your shirt? Because I have a feeling it's something good. I can't see it quite, though. Trombone Shorty in Orleans Avenue. If you haven't seen them, if you know, you know. If you don't, check them out. They're awful. Ooh. I don't know anything about them, but I will totally check them out. We need to have, like, an event in Alabama so that we can all crash in on your house. And These your this, this group of guys are from New Orleans. They're a big band, horns. Think second line only huge. <laughs> there are I I love the guitars in the background. I love everything that's going on in that background. I'm very jealous right now. Um, this is cooler than your kitchen, although you have a nice kitchen too. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Jolly has joined us. Uh, he continuously gets dragged back onto the show um, despite his bad behavior. 
but he needs <laughs> no introduction. He's all over the place. If you guys haven't hired him to fix your shit, hire him. That's my new tagline for you, Chris. Thank Chris, you. Chris, how is Arizona treating you? Um, I'm assuming that's where you are. Yeah. And yeah, still, are still you drinking? There. I'm not actually drinking because I got to pick my son up from school. So I'm trying to be responsible and not the, you know, the wait, 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 what's the problem with that? Yeah, I know. Dr- drunk in the carpool lane is completely acceptable in New York. I'm picking up half in the bag all the time. Yeah, exactly. It used to be that way in Wisconsin, hey, but I'm didn't. trying to be responsible. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to bring him down that path just yet. He's such a good guy. Nice and then we have the infamous Grace. Grace, what is on your shirt? Because you're also you have a good shirt. What is that? Uh, that's the best regional manager of all time, and the best assistant to the regional manager of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Why are you so cool? Every time you're on the show, I don't know. So cool. I, I don't. I am so cool. Thank you for recognizing that. You guys know that she showed up and she's like, "So what are we talking about?" And I'm like, oh, "Grace, I've been setting social media on fire all week, pissing people off about double brokering." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, that's a good one." Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's start with a um with double brokering and what because y'all know one thing that pisses me off more than anything else. And I don't know if you guys ever hear this is, uh, Hey, grace, it's not double brokering. This is my owner operator. <laughs> and you're like, uh, do they have and I'm like, uh, let me see the contract that that's your owner operator. And I'd love to see this just double brokering it. Yeah. I think, uh, that's a classic one. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is, you know, the good old double broker it to rail. We all love that situation. Oh, yes. I forgot yeah. about that one. That one's fun because that one, who doesn't love a longer transit time? <laughs> <laughs> and what do they do? Like, how do you know they put it on the rail instead of putting it on their truck like they promised you? I, You know, I... There was a customer once that started tracking, like putting a tracker in the load without even telling us Ooh. about it. Yeah. And then uh was like, hey, just to let you know, it's already on the it's on the train. <laughs> so uh that the, the biggest thing you'll ever figure it out is uh when they came up with uh he broke down and it's gonna take more than two days. It's and you haven't built a relationship with that carrier and they can't give you his cell phone or anything to track to see, okay, let me confirm he's at a shop somewhere. Uh, That's on a train and it'll get there when it gets there. And you might as well just meditate and and continue on with (laughs) that point. (laughs) <laughs> I Andrew Teal says because the truck always breaks down in Kansas and gets to Chicago. It is late. <laughs> exactly. I can see. Thomas says I found out by a tracker that we had on the trailer. It was sitting in San Bernardino, Bernardino in California. Oh my god, I can't even talk today. <laughs> um, Amanda, in the flatbed world, do, do they? I'm assuming they don't put your freight on a train. Um, do they broker your freight out? Like, what's the deal? I don't know much about flatbed. You're the only one I know that does flatbed and teaches. I mean, fishing. I mean, yeah, all freight can be double brokered, and there's all different types of double brokering. You know, like um, some person, somebody might consider. You know, like I have a dispatcher who's a really close friend mm-hmm. of mine now because I've worked with him forever. He lives in Oregon. But he dis- dispatches for multiple carriers. 
I don't consider that double brokering. I, what I consider double brokering is when someone sells me their asset truck and then that freight is delivered on another MC by different, an entirely different MC number carrier without my knowledge or approval. And that's when it goes south for me. But I mean, they can try to double broker, but I've, I've learned over the years a couple of tips and tricks to stop it before it happens. It only took one time for me to be like, no, never again. <laughs> never again. We'll never talk again. about those in just a minute too. I, can't I, can help it. Not, I would rather go to my customer and be like, it's going to take a couple more days. I feel, I'm, you know, I'm getting double brokered, whatever. Like, hang tight with me. I'll solve this problem. Then just pretend like it didn't happen. I, I try to stop it before it idea. ever gets there. And especially in this market, like we have to be hyper vigilant and know what, know what the little red flags are and like what to look for and just kind of read into what people are saying on the other end of the phone. Be like, mm, this doesn't smell right. So I'm going to pass on your truck. Even in a tight market, you got to know when to say no. Chris, what do you think about dispatching? Like, do they tell you they're a dispatcher? Should you ask? And is that double brokering? So if they don't tell you? Uh, you know, it's, I've had, I've worked with plenty of companies that are dispatch services. I've worked with some that are phenomenal. They're open to, they, they set up each carrier on an individual basis for you. They provide all the proper Smart. documentation, everything. And I've also worked on the flip side where, Hey, mm-hmm. check this other MC. Are these guys set up with you? Cause then we can just co-mingle every single shipment out there. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's just a, have a great day. I'm hanging up on you style moment. Um, but you know, so it, it is, I would say the majority of the dispatch services that I've worked with, um, just like the gentleman who you had on your Steve, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perez. Yeah. You have a good memory. Yeah, exactly. They do great job, provide everything that you need. They're very tip top and, 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 and on top of their, their stuff. But on the flip side, I've also dealt with the other side of it. And, you know, and sometimes it's, you don't find out about it until after the fact. And if you're a novice in the industry, you know, it's, you don't really think about that when they're like, oh, try this MC. You know, like that's the biggest red flag. Like if, if you hear somebody offer a second MC, hang up on them instantly and walk away. I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't Because <laughs> you're like, wait, where did that MC yeah. number come from? Why are you, well, you have offering up another MC number? Exactly. We're not, yeah, we're not playing like MC roulette. Like you don't get yeah. like, oh, that one doesn't work. Okay, hold on. Let me yeah. I'll give you this other one. And I'm like, no, if the first one has bad safety scores, I'm not going to, again, I, what is it? It's like Russian roulette with MC numbers. Like. Which one's going to kill me? I don't know. Can I ask you guys something? This is off topic, but I've always wondered this. No one will tell me the truth. Do carrier sales reps sometimes use dispatchers or know that a carrier that was accepted by their compliance company in their TMS, they know, all right, this MC number is acceptable and it's really like a dispatcher or that carrier will give it to another MC number. Like how much do carrier salespeople who are the employees that are actually talking to the truck drivers and building those relationships, how much do they actually know what's going on? Cause I thought in my head, I, I busted one guy one time cause I was in the TMS and I was being crazy one night. Um, and I, 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 I knew we, we didn't approve this one carrier and then shit got to be a mess and we got an invoice for that carrier. And I'm like, I remember not approving this carrier. And how did we get here? Does that happen? Or, I mean, was that just a real shitty company I was working for? <laughs> no, that happens. Yeah. No, I, I think a lot of times it's one of those situations where, I mean, especially like what Amanda was saying in this type of market, where either you're desperate or, 
and that we won't even go down this route, but the way that you're compensated, oh, you the way that you're compensated, that's not a word. The way that you're compensated, the margin's so beautiful that mm -hmm. because you don't own the company and the liability dependent won't fall on you. You're like, you know what? Let's go for the gold. Like this extra $500 in my pocket is going to be worth dealing with that train or that carrier breaking down because he has to swap trailers or whatever minutia they're doing in the background to get that thing moved. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those two for sure. I, I, I'm right there with you, Grace. And I think like, that's my, you know, like when certain models that brokerages operate in, it's like, mm -hmm. if you have a carrier sales team in Charlotte, but you have your customer sales team in Dallas and they yeah. go in and lock these loads and you don't know about it. And like, you're like, Oh, I, this is a great margin. And you're, you know, you're kind of taking the carrier sales reps word for it. And then it turns out that, Oh, this is a carrier that knowingly puts stuff on the rail. And I've had that conversation in a past role of mine where the carrier rep was blatant about it. They're like, hey, this guy's going to put it on the rail, but I'll get it to you for uh, $800 less than what you're currently paying on it. I'm like, absolutely not. But the thing is, is to bring in the compensation piece of it, Grace, there's a lot of that that kind of goes on. And it, and it is a, a big problem. And I mean, I'm all about making money. Don't get me wrong. But I want to do it in a way where I'm not risking my customer's freight, knowing that we're doing something wrong just to make a couple hundred extra bucks because it's just, I don't know, it's just so many wrong things that can happen in that scenario. And then that $800 margin turns into you losing an $80,000 a month customer. Yes, that's so true. Um, I, I want say, to that $500 margin sounds good until you have to pay twice for the same load. There you go. There you go. Now you make I zero or negative dollars. So like what, what, what did you, what was the point? You could have avoided the whole thing. Um, there was somebody in the comments that, a couple of people. I've I've tried this before because I I led a program trying to cut down on double brokering back in like a long time ago and worked for a company. And but I want to hear your opinions about this because somebody had said this. Um, and Paul, I see that this is your comment on LinkedIn. Should always require driver's name, number. My company requires this, and we make sure our warehouses double check this, which is nice because he has control. Sounds like over the warehouses. <laughs> um, but and then I saw somebody earlier say something about pictures. And Ron brought up a good point as well. Like kind of, yeah, it's 3 a.m. And I'm moving 600 loads out today. Who checks pictures? You guys, what's 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 going on here? Why are people trying to check things? Could you give like some of the, like Amanda, could you give like the novice an idea or sorry, the, uh, the beginners an idea of why everybody's kind of checking things like this? Well, I mean, this market is like a perfect environment for double brokering. Freight rates are through the roof. And if I, like I get a phone call and I put on a load I have posted or whatever, because one of my regular carriers found another load that was paying $10 a mile, which is strangely enough, not uncommon right now. Wow. Um, if I get a call, um, I don't want to say it. Like, I mean, <clears throat> if, if I get a call and, you know, they get enough money out of me because I have it built in with my customer they can turn around and broker the freight back out to another right. company. Um, but when it comes to like pictures and stuff, like there's one company that comes to my mind that is constantly telling me, well, I can send you a picture of my truck. And I'm like, I don't care. I can go Google and screenshot. I know that's what I think too. I'm like, shit, they have stock, tons of stock photos they're going to send you. I mean, I don't, I mean, is it going to be like from your personal cell phone? Is it going to be a water? Like, I don't care. I don't care about a picture. It doesn't do me any good. I can Google anything. 
you know, so I don't know like what the pictures, what good pictures would do. Driver information is definitely helpful. Cause that's yeah, could they lie a surefire way to figure out like, and at least if, you, if it's already happened, you've already been double brokered. If you can get a driver on the phone and they don't know how to play the game that their, their boss or whomever dispatches them set up, you can cut right through the bullshit and be like, you're off the load. I'm not paying you. Even if I don't care what happens. And then you'll figure out when the, if, and when the freight delivers, who delivered it. And you can cut that double broker out and pay that carrier directly. Ask the receiver who delivered this shipment. What truck did it deliver on? And they'll tell you and be like, cool. And you just go straight to them and be like, Hey, we got, double, we got bamboozled. I'm cutting these guys out and I'm paying you what I was going to pay them. Cause usually what the double brokered carrier is getting is far less than what was negotiated with the original, you know, carrier. I love that. But go ahead, Grace. Uh, I've actually seen the opposite of that though, where, yep. you know, where I'm going. Yep. I the, love it. The quick, the, the quick 30 day scheme, which is you mm -hmm. actually double broker it out for a lot more because that you, you want to make sure it gets picked up, picked up and delivered. So you get that, that POD. And then what they do is they go to a factoring company and they, um, or some type of bank, they get a um, quick pay on that. They get the funds, they do that for 30 days and then they disappear into the abyss. And the reason they do that is because they usually end up getting that larger, that larger price. Now, right. thankfully in terms of a double payment, you're not owed the larger, you don't owe the larger amount, but the carrier is sustaining their business on a larger amount. So it turns into like a very terrible book situation for them. Yep. Yeah. And like I'm glad you brought up like the quick pay, quick pay to me is a red flag. If you can't sustain mm -hmm. your business on a 30 day turn, then I mean, I'm just like, what is, what's going on? Like, unless you're, you know, three months, six months, a year old, and you're trying to get on your feet and generate that cash flow. But a quick, the quick pay or fuel advance to me is, um, it makes me concerned. I'm not saying it's bad all the time. It's just concerning. Mm -hmm. I agree. Jolly, what were you going to say? No, it was, it was in regards to the, you know, asking for a fuel advance or quick pay up front. I mean, I guess I would rather have them do that up front than say, go in and pick up the load and say, I'm not moving unless you pay me a thousand dollars right now. I've had that happen before. So it's like, to me, I get it. Like, you know, I, I, you brought up a good point there, Amanda. If they're in like that six month mark where it's like, they're not factoring, they're trying to do it on their own and they're asking for quick pay options. I mean, shoot, I, I would almost be more willing to trust them in that regard. If it's a one truck operation, they're newer in there and they're just trying to get their feet established. That might be somebody who I can build a relationship with. Cause I took care of them when they were new. And then as they grow, I get to grow with them. But I mean, obviously that's not always the case. That's a perfect world scenario in, in that regard. But it's like, you know, when it comes to advances up front, I mean, I, I worked for a company that offered fuel advances and I also worked for a company that didn't offer fuel advances. And we would always, you know, just direct them to go to their factoring company because some of them might not even know that their factoring company can provide it. So I think like in, in a lot of these scenarios as a broker, you, you need to provide a lot of this information to drivers because like we think that every like every company that's out there is being informed on all the services that are truly available to them. And it's not the case. So I think like the more seasoned you get in this industry, the more information you need to provide to your partners to kind of help alleviate all these things. And I've seen this come up a lot in the comments. Like if we trained our employees, right? Yeah. In theory, if you train your employees, right, you will severely 
mitigate this risk because they're going to be able to identify a lot of these things. But we need to educate our employees on all aspects of the job and not just how is a carrier going to fuck us over? Excuse my language. Whoa, you said excuse my language on my show? So polite. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, polite. I'm, I'm around ladies. I'm sorry. You, we're ladies now? Yeah. The oh. things you have called me do not go with me yeah. being a lady. Oh, oh my God. Flowers. You guys, see what happens when you guys join the show? Yeah. Yeah. He's so nice when you guys are on the show. When Adam Wingfield's on the show with him, they're like, oh, Cassandra, what a joke. Like, <laughs> get out of the way. We're going to run this show. Oh, look at her furniture. Look at her hair. She's a mess. And you guys are on the show with me. He's like, oh, excuse me for my poor language. Oh. Correct. Um, butter be- butter bread. And when I find out who you are, <laughs> I'm going to punch you right in the face. Just want you to know that. The mystery um, for any of you who are just listening, you are missing out on a lot of really good comments. Um, there's there's not, we can't address everything, but there are so many good comments and side conversations going on right now. It's just wonderful. But I will tell you that I have seen a couple people pop in with the leased on comment. That's not double brokering Cassandra. They're leased on, they're an owner operator. I want to go back to like what Amanda and Jolly and Grace have also said, which is, when you're running, when you give a shipment, either a broker or a shipper, to one MC number, and they turn around and give it to another MC number, that's brokering. And we call it double brokering because usually it's a broker who gives it to a carrier, and that carrier goes and brokers it, which means gives it to another MC number. And then you've got two brokering going on there. It is against federal regulations. Um, if you are going to broker a shipment, you are supposed to tell the customer, whoever hired you, that you are going to broker the shipment and that you are a broker and your broker authority, because you're supposed to have broker authority. That includes carriers. And carriers, if you are giving a shipment to an owner operator, someone who's leased on, there's no other MC number going on there because they're leased on to your MC number. So the leased on thing is a lie. It's a trick. Yeah. It's tossed around a lot. The owner operator thing is a lie and a trick and it confuses people. But if one carrier is giving a shipment to another carrier with an MC number, that is brokering right there. People. I got a Go question, ahead. Cassandra. Cause like my dad was an owner operator for a very long time. He was leased on, but the, you know, cause he stopped driving in the early two thousands and maybe this has changed. He was he had his own MC and authority and insurance for the entirety of his career, but he was leased onto a trucking company at that time. So how does that, even though he was required to have his own active authority and MC, how does how do you how do you mitigate that? How do you how do you kind of eliminate that? That's a really great question. And in fact, you're asking that question because Adam and I got in a fight about this topic. Here we go. Oh, I didn't know that one. Where is Adam? (laughs) He's looking dapper at the Four Seasons in Charlotte. You know that. Four Seasons? You think he stays at a Four Seasons? He stays at a Ritz. Please, Four Seasons. Is that better? Sorry. Anything above a Fairfield Inn and I'm fucking lost. (laughs) So here's what I'll tell you is that – the some owner operators or folks who lease on it's the same thing it's interchangeable the term they will have their own authority and they'll have their own insurance but when you lease on you're not using that own authority it might be over here and you're going to use it on your own one day if a broker wants to individually give you a shipment outside of that leased on relationship but um but when you run loads the magnet on the outside of your truck 
is going to be the carrier you're leased on. It's going to be their DOT number is going to be on the side of your truck. You may have your own, but it won't be on the side of the truck. So that, that means when you get pulled over and you have inspections, um, the, the officer is going to write down the carrier you leased on that carrier's DOT number. They're going to write down that carrier's DOT number. And because that's who's on the side of the truck. Um, sometimes with the owner operator relationship, even if you don't have your own DOT number as an owner operator, the company that is you're leasing on will still require you to have some of your own types of insurance. Um, so that's, that's different as well. Okay. I got you. Um, but no matter what, if you ever get confused, it's just follow that MC number. Who's MC numbers on the side of that door. Um, and if they give it to somebody else and that person's got the, another MC number on the side of their door, that's another, they're double brokering. Look at Jay-Z joins the house. What does he say? There's a difference between double brokering and co-brokering. It's called transparency. And don't get that confused. Jay-Z's in the house. He's dropping yeah. truth bombs. I want you guys to know that this I invited Jay-Z to come on to the show. And often, like what Jolly does to me, he tossed me aside. All right. So we have talked about what double brokering is. Um, we have talked about a little bit about why double brokering happens because Grace hit on the big one that people miss, which is the fraudulent, like, I'm about to go out of business, so I'm going to give all the shipments you give to me. I'm going to give it to, like, five different carriers, promise them more money. You're going to pay me, and then I'm going to disappear into the land. What about Marina? And, Marina had a good question hmm. that just popped up. So what about this? Broker has a MC division. Broker sells the load to me, the carrier. But the BOL says the carrier is the broker's MC division. Is this double working? What is the broker's MC division? I can answer that. Okay, go I ahead, Amanda. So go I have, like, I have a, like a handful of customers that I do blind shipments with, right? And so technically they're okay. tendering the freight to me under my broker authority. So their bill of lading is going to have my company on as the carrier. But I, they know, like if I'm a broker, they know that. And I'm tendering that freight to an actual trucking company. So even though they receive a blind, but for example, a blind bill of lading that has my company as the carrier. I mean, it, right. It, it, and it's I, never I, that makes sense to me, Amanda. I think what I do is I follow the MC number on the side of the truck. Yeah. Cause brokers like, have as much as the MC numbers. Sorry. I said, I mean, brokers have MC and DOT numbers, oh, but just not. But brokers don't own a truck and have the MC number on the side of it, right? Yeah. Uh, thanks, and if you do Connor own a truck, Man, if you do own a truck, and I guess if you had dual authority, okay, I'm glad you brought that up, Amanda. Let me back up a little bit more, folks. When I say MC number, I do understand that brokers have MC numbers as well. But in this context, we were talking about the motor carrier authority and their MC number. So it's okay if the bill lading has your the broker on it, like what Amanda said, which there's a lot of liability that goes with it, you guys, just so you know. Um, that's okay. Um, and it happens quite a bit. But when we get into the double brokering business, that's because um, another carrier MC number, like with actual motor carrier active authority, is different on the truck than who the broker or the shipper hired. Right. So like, even though the bill of lading has, you know, Amanda brokerage, Alabama LLC on the bill of lading, I've hired a, a carrier that, you know, I understand is going to pick up the freight. If the freight delivers on a different MC number, that freight yeah. was double. You got a problem. Yep. But just because the bill of lading has a broker on it as the carrier, because they don't change, 
one thing on a PDF form. Right. That's not double brokering. It happens. But it's, it's the customer knows I'm the broker. They tendered the freight to me as a broker. They know I'm going to hire an outside carrier. Um, um, I, I was going to say, I want to answer TBC consultants questions about the transparency TBC on why blind shipments. So blind shipments are broad. Wait, hold on. I got to read it for the people who are just listening though. Oh, sorry. Can y'all be more transparent as brokers on why blind shipments are done? Could use more clarification. Go Jolly. Yeah. Go. So blind shipments are a request from the shipper themselves. It's not us requesting that it's done. It's because who they're selling it to, they don't want them to know who it's coming from because there's generally a competition that goes on in there. I found it in like the recycles game that's out there. They don't want it to know where it's coming from. So they don't know where it's going. I've had double blind shipments as well. And it's a huge mess. And I just think that it's, it's, but it is brought to us by our customers um, request. It's not request. us as a broker bringing it and saying, we're going to turn this into a blind shipment. I have Actually, at no, least I have a five steel customers that run blind, double blind shipments, like for that I work all the time. I mean, it is, it's a pain, but when you get the hang of it, it's really not that bad. You just have to make sure the carrier and the driver understands what they have to do at the shipper. If it's a double blind shipper and receiver, there's a lot of paperwork they have to be able to have in hand to conceal the identities of all of the parties involved because the receiver thinks they're buying the material from the, cus the, the customer when in fact it's being made somewhere else and they could get cut out, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm, it's I'm confused because I'm with Mike Weist here. He said, I've only seen customers use blind BOLs because they don't want the shipper to know where the actual final destination is. That's my experience yeah. too. When blind shipments is that, you give the carrier the BOL, but we don't have the destination on it. And usually it's the cargo is high value or there's something sensitive about it. But you're telling me your customers actually don't want the carrier's name on the BOL. They want your name on the BOL. And that's what you guys right. are calling. I was the one who, yeah, they tell the front to me. So like, is that, Amanda, do you feel like that happens more out of just laziness of not knowing who the carrier is? Cause I mean, back to Cassandra's point, is, but like, when, you know, when we're dealing with so much steel or whatever the, you know, with a commodity may be, it's just yeah. like, again, it's just, it's one field on a PDF form, but they'd have to change it yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah. They just duplicate the last blind bill that has my oh, name, my information, okay. yes. all that yeah. stuff. And I've got to get that blind bill relating to the driver. But, but I the don't... important part is to preserve the identity of where the material came from, from, in my case, like conceal the shipper from the receiver. Uh, yeah. I don't want the receiver to know where the material actually came from because my customer may be a materials broker. Yeah. It yeah. sources the material that they sell. Yeah. And they don't want the customer to know, their customer to know that they could cut them out and go straight to the source. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important. I get it. I think it's important to know though. And I, I think Cassandra, and this could just be a whole different show, but you can legally and should change that to the carrier's name once that thing's signed because if something happens doesn't doesn't the uh liability fall like a hundred percent on amanda at that point not a hundred percent it's just an argument i have a rate, so I have a rate I confirmation this. that binds the freight to the carrier ah nice okay cool so well, like, I, mean, I, I think there's a different well. context i think there's a different context too uh about that discussion which is 
um, it, like back in 2012, it became very popular at TIA and all TLC and all that jazz, where yeah. it was like they scared all the brokers. I don't know if you guys remember, where don't yeah. let your name be the carrier on the BOL. Stop. Yeah. And you're going to, your company's going to die. So it's an argument. Like, Amanda, you know, if like uh, we've talked about this in the past, where those accident um, accidents happen, trucker injures somebody or kills somebody, and then the broker sued. Well, the plaintiff attorneys do look to the BOL, and if they see the broker labeled on the BOL, they will make the argument that the broker is the carrier, therefore liable for the trucking trucker's conduct. But now that argument's gotten so old, uh, defense attorneys and insurance companies have found ways to rebut that because brokers, Amanda said it, brokers can't control what goes on that bill lading. That's the shippers. I mean, I've encouraged my shippers. I've, I tell them who the carriers are. Like every, like my particular customers that do these blind shipments, either single or double, sometimes triple. That's a whole yeah. other show. But like, I'm like, you really need to put the carrier. So they'll do like my right. Amanda, Amanda broker, flatbed, Alabama, LLC slash carrier name. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, so far, I've been, I mean, I'm grateful that I've been lucky. I haven't run into any trouble except with like a driver was like, oh, I forgot to stop at the truck stop and get that bill of lading signed. And I'm like, neat. Did you read your Raycom where there was a penalty for disclosing the receiver, the shipper to the receiver? Sorry, uh, Graham. Like, and not only that, like, who forgets to get that bill of lading signed? Is this your first day on the job? Good Lord. That bill the lading sign. They'll just use the shipper's oh, paperwork yeah. at the receiver and they'll be like, it's no big deal. And I'm like, cool. But see, when I was we were talking about this freight and we sold it and we agreed to terms. This was part of the deal. And it's right there in the fine and the big bold, not even tiny print, big penalty for not delivering blind shipment on BOL provided by Amanda flatbed LLC. Dang. Or a lot of times a day, if they make their own BLL, like they lost the paperwork and then they'll, they'll just well, the shipper gives them paperwork. This is major steel stuff. Like huge. Steel yeah. Stuff. Huge yeah. Steel. I'm just saying, I'm yeah, on delivery, sometimes that if they lose it in transit, then they fill it out and they put it just flies out the window. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've seen it happen numerous times. <laughs> oh my god, Butterbread says drivers forget to wear pants. We've all seen Jolly. I love making Jolly laugh. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> um, drivers, whoever Butterbread is, Grace, are you Butterbread? Listen, you know, you know, I'm the number one investigator of Butterbread and I have my own like Google document, all the clues. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that I know. I mean, I think you're Butterbread. No, it's You've not me. This whole time. <laughs> I really, so I get to the bottom Grace. of it one day. And she's the one who's been so mean to me. Okay. So, so um, there are, the comments have been amazing and that we can't, you know, hit on everything that comes through because people have made such great points. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Lester, I agree with you. I see your comments um, and I think it's interesting. So so uh, let's go to, wait, how much time do we have? Oh, we have plenty of time. Okay, good. Oh, let's, let's go to, so we did the, what is double brokering? <laughs> um, uh, why they double broker? Um, and then, uh, I want to talk real quick. I want Chris Jolly to tell us why whenever I post about double brokering, <laughs> shit just lights up. People get so mad, man. And they're fighting among each other. Like, why is this topic so intense? 
Because I think, I think there's a, a, I think people are getting up in arms about it because they are actually double brokering and they don't want it to be brought to light. They knowingly double broker. <laughs> that's true. That's oh my, that's my, that's that's my honest reason on it because it's like, I mean, let's be real. If you've been in this industry long enough, you know, all the red flags. Okay. Yeah. And you should be training your team. And then, now this does not make it go away because there are professional criminals out there who do this for a living and they will even dupe the most seasoned veteran out there. It'll sure. happen. Because, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. So I think that at the end of the day, people get up in arms about it because it exposes them in the long run. I think that's what the biggest thing is. And then there are people out there who, you know, like they're like, well, wait a second, is this what I'm doing? And they don't, they don't even realize it at the end yeah. of the day. I don't even think they realize yeah. what they're doing in that regard. So, I mean, I guess I would be Agreed. a little upset too, but I think a lot of it comes down to, but this is like the best part about a lot of the content that's being put out there is because a lot of these things have been around forever, but nobody's ever talked about them. So yeah. I think this is very necessary to be talked about. Plus, I think like, there's a lot of deceit. Oh, yeah. Is that what you're yeah. going to say too, Grace? Well, it's, it's deceit and it's like, you know, we all, I've gotten that call or that email from there's a couple of companies that specifically uh, oh, yes, love to, yeah, we, we all know them, that run off of letting you know that you owe someone money. And the moment you get that, and it's never like, it's never on the load from yesterday. It's always nope. like a load from like five or six months ago. Yep. And you like, especially you're running a business. No one wants a bill that they didn't see coming that they already paid. No one wants that. You do yep. that once, then it, you do it one, you get it, that bill one time, you make that payment one time and you now feel like the Batman of solving this problem. Like you will go to extreme lengths and mm -hmm. Chris said it right. Like people are smart and they, they're going to get away with it. And it's like, there's people that aren't even in the United States. They're in other countries doing it. So it's, it, it hits an obnoxious. I think though that to me, cause like I've dealt with this a lot. Um, but it, to me, it, it comes it, like, I think you're not talking to your drivers. If you, this is getting to the point where you're receiving that bill five months later, cause they've been going back and forth and they haven't received payment from the person that they got it to, because I've always had, like I've dealt with this and the driver will tell you the truth. Who do I send this invoice to? Do I send it to the person who gave me the load? Well, wait a second. I gave you this load. No, I got it from this company. All right, boom. I'm going to get you set up. Thank God we dodged a bullet here, but I'm going to pay you direct and I'm going to pay you the rate that I was paying this person. So you have mm. to, you have to do it that way. You can't just like, I mean, please don't chastise me for this, but you can't take the dispatcher's word for it. Sometimes you have to talk to the driver in these scenarios. That's where it doesn't get to my customer's attention when you're speaking to the drivers. And again, this does not solve everything, but this will help alleviate a lot of these scenarios from getting escalated to the point where now you're paying out of your bonus check. Mm -hmm. What? this carrier has to, because by law, we have to pay these carriers because they have a rate con with our name on it and a signed BOL. And unfortunately we're getting two signed BOLs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say my like number one flag, especially nowadays, like maybe even two or three years ago, I'd say differently is, and not asking for the phone number to track them or to constantly get updates, but to say like, can I get your driver's phone number just so I can go over everything and, and introduce myself mm -hmm. and build a good relationship. If they say no, and with 
even a like any bit of like aggression that is like for me the number one red flag of like okay what what's happening why can't i at least give him a call i'm not calling him to berate him i'm not calling him to do anything crazy i just want to build a relationship in this in this market right we're working on our right. care relationships i want him to know he can reach out to me directly if you know it's midnight and he doesn't want to bother you and they're like no how, how don't bother my driver like that's ridiculous like and let's say they kick back hey he's delivering right now he can't right now fine can i give his number and i'll i promise i'll call him now but i'll call him in like an hour or so then and they're still against it that's my number one like red flag of okay i'm gonna go check you know different carrier records and and make sure that everything and your re reviews are, are pretty strong um but dealing if, with a new carrier you've never used that's that's a huge red flag if they're willing to give e-log information or put them on tracking i'll, I'll take that over that because i like there unfortunately you guys there are Wait. brokers there are brokers out there who berate yeah. these drivers nonstop 24 7 365 they're not putting accurate load notes in the system so when they leave for the day it doesn't show that it's picked up even though the broker knew it picked up and then night shift comes in track and trace they're blowing up the driver's phone so this does happen so i think like if they're willing to give some form of tracking out there you know it's like hey i this is the driver's personal cell phone that's fine but here here's e-logs this is where yeah. they're at satellite tracking whatever it is i'll take that yeah yeah but i agree with grace like I, I, I'm, I tried like every day to be like a broker who's trying to change our reputation one load at a time. Like I want the driver to know because they're the, ultimately the ones who are going to have to face any bullshit, detention at a receiver or whatever at the shipper. I want you to know you can call me and I'm going to be an advocate for the driver directly so that they can get in and out because I don't want them delayed. I want them to know that they do have like a friend in me. I don't know. Maybe is that a song? Like I'm, I, I'm here to help. I'm not here to call every 30 minutes. I don't give it like, I'm going to leave you alone. Like do your job. I'll do mine. But I want the drivers to know part of my job is to take care of you and make sure you have all the information you need, every pickup number, every coil tag number, how heavy it is, all the details so that they can do their job effectively with minimal and you know, like, interruption so if i can give all that to them on the front end i can sit back and relax but like grace said if a dispatcher gets really aggressive or angry about wanting to share that information with me when my intentions are good i'm suspicious of what they're up to i mean it's i'm just like well i'll i'll wait I'm so, <laughs> I wanted to dive more into the avoiding this from happening. Um, I would like to tell that uh, I would like to tell folks that I thought maybe we would have. No, I didn't. I'm going to lie. I figured we wouldn't have enough time to talk about what to do when um, you receive that collections notification. Um, they look like a law firm and they're demanding payment and they're threatening immediately to call your customer and tell them what a sleazy shithead you are. And they're not a law firm. There's some poor, like, hourly employee that hates his or her life um, and that just wants you to pay the bill. So uh, I figured we might get to what to do when you receive that demand for that double brokered load, that brokered load. Um, so on my website, I did post a Cassandra's five tips or whatever you call it. Hold on, let me make sure. 
I'm going to put it in the comments now. Hold on. Let me make sure I do it at all destinations. Go to my website, magiclive.com. You'll see in the corner, there's a little blog spot. Um, and I will, and, and I put in there, you know, here are my, here's what I do as a lawyer, because these things always come to me when I'm in house counsel. It's like, Cassandra, we don't even know what's going on. This person's writing to call our customer. They're our best customer. Blah, 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 blah. And um, here are what I do. I, I don't, this is not um, legal. This is not a legal argument. This is practical. Like it's what I do to practically get rid of the situation. <laughs> so it gives us a little bit more time to talk about what, it, what else can you do to avoid um, these things happening to me, uh, to, to, to you. So, uh, oh, before we do that, before we go into how to avoid being brokered, um, I meant to ask y'all, <laughs> I did have some comments that were like, what's the big deal? Did you see those, Chris? Yes. Like, what's the big deal? It happens all the time. Stockbrokers do it. And and then a couple shippers were like, oh, yeah. I'm not kidding you, Grace. I'm not kidding. I, I should have <laughs> sent Zeke. I should have sent Zeke the images of the chats um, where people were like, what? What are you guys all carrying on about? Um, what is the big deal? Like, to, why would your shipper care? Why do you guys care? If it's delivered and the freight is fine, I'm quoting someone in their comments. Why do we care if a shipment was brokered out to a carrier we don't know about? Go ahead, Amanda. My 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 reasoning is altruistic. I will admit that. This business <laughs> has to be built on a foundation of trust. And when you violate the trust, everything is gone. We don't off we don't we're dealing with people across state lines and customers from across the country who we may see twice a year, you know, whatever, but we talk to a lot. Once you violate the trust and it's also bad freight karma, you put that bad juju out in the universe. It's coming back to you. I've, I've seen it happen over and over again. And like, I don't want to be caught up in that mess. It violates the trust of the transaction and like reputations are really hard to make, but super fucking easy to lose. Like, be mindful of that. It's all yep. about trust. What's your gonna... cheater? You're always a cheater, people. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sorry. No, uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Thing, I think kind of to go even like, <laughs> to even go like more ethical on that than even Amanda just did, is at the end of the day, there is a margin on that freight that is unnecessary. And I don't think people are understanding that like most of the time the end consumer is paying that like they're to go through three different, let's say three different brokering type of events. However you want to say it's happening or even two, like there is someone making an extra dollar yeah. off of the consumer for no reason. And sometimes I just wonder what it would be because that let's say that I just got that carrier on the, the final carrier who actually ended up delivering it on the load. I probably wouldn't have to charge my customers much. I could bring down my costs it, it and develop an actual good relationship with the carrier who ended up taking it, who might want this again, who might be able to like build their business off of it. And now we're driving down cost in that lane that is okay for the overall economy of moving that freight and then bring some savings back to 
the customer. I mean, look at where we're at right now with how bad the market is. What's the number one thing you're starting to see people do? And you see it in earnings statements. Like they're raising the cost for goods. They're not going to eat that. Yeah, ship goes downhill. Yeah, I'll, so I'll give it. I'll, it's like, here's the thing. I agree and I don't agree because I feel like if people are making money, people are making money. You know, it's the rate of, it's our industry. But like, uh, like from a lawyer's perspective with this brokering business is because um, I, I understand that people like this trust there's you're skimming off the top and you're not even really doing much. Um, but at the end of the day, when you don't know where your shipment is or who's running it, it's more likely to get an accident. What are you guys laughing about? Tell me now. What did John, Butterbread Jonathan, say? Jonathan, Jonathan Trimble, three to five miles a dollar, three to five dollars per mile, baby. Jonathan Trimble said, "I got me cracking up." <laughs> oh my god, buttered crumbs is what I was losing losing my composure. <laughs> sorry, you know what? Get paid, Brad. Jonathan. Get paid. Jonathan oh Trimble. Jonathan Trimble. He's so smart. Love him. Um. I don't even know what the fuck I was gonna say, you guys. I'm not even important. I'm not even clever enough to be buttered bread. Like, I just want that said right now. Like, buttered bread is clever. We all know who it is. He, he it's a he, knows who he is. And why can't a she be clever? What if it's you, Grace? You're so funny. <laughs> I wish I was as funny as buttered bread. So I, here's the thing, you guys. Whenever as a lawyer, when I have to, when y'all, when shit goes wrong. And y'all are so busy selling and ops and everything else. It all lands on my plate to clean up the mess. And almost every time stuff has gone very, very, very wrong, it's a double, triple, quadruple brokered load. Whether it's an yeah. accident, whether it's tens of thousands of dollars owed to 50 different carriers that we never even knew about. Whether it's cargo claims up the wazoo, stolen shipments. I could go on and on and on. The further away the shipment gets from the shipper, the more likely you're going to shipper. The more likely you're going to have many problems on the road and lose money. Yeah, I do I, want to address Mr. Mr. Kane's sarcastic comment that double brokering is bad because it upsets brokers. Well, Ryan, he didn't make it upsets me as a broker okay. because my relationship with my customer is built on trust. And if they can't you trust snap. me, I don't have a customer. So, yes, that does upset me. Ooh, snap. I wish I still had my, do you remember Jolly? I used to have my headset yes. that y'all made fun of me about, but I had my whole music thing, you know, yeah. where it hit, hit things, but you guys made fun of me and shamed me so much that I stopped. Anyhow, Jolly, you're dying over here. What do you want to say? No, I, I think that like when you're talking about like when it gets to like, I guess in the entirety of my career, like yes, double brokering did happen, but it wasn't as prevalent as... <laughs> a lot of people might experience because I think when it gets to that point, when you have that bad load, when you have that show up on, on the rail or how, you know, whatever that is, you have to stop at that moment and train your staff. What could we have done differently in this scenario? Because if it continuously happens, it's you, you are not putting forth the effort to have this not happen again, essentially in plain English. It's mm, on you. It's yes. not, it's not the carrier's wow. fault. It's not the carrier's fault for doing it. It's your fault for continuously allowing it. And now I get it. This doesn't make it all go away. But I have brokered tens of thousands of loads in my career. And I can remember a handful that got to the triple brokered status where I had to pay three separate carriers for the load. But then you have to put the steps in place. What can we do differently? 
And if you're not doing that, mm -hmm. it's on you. I'm sorry. It's on you. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't tell you how uh, he, I agree with what, exactly what Jolly said. And you said, Cassandra, like it's always, it's usually found out through like a issue. And then like every time I had an issue with a double broker load, like the, the, the reps just weren't following through a hundred percent, whether it was right. trying to track them like, Oh, didn't even ask. Okay. Well, it looks like you're going to enjoy four days of telling your customer that you don't know where this freight is yep. or, or, or your cargo claim doesn't have insurance. Yes. Period. Yeah. 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 Whole truckload of cargo claim yes. has no insurance because it was brokered. Yes. 100%. Double brokered out to somebody. Sorry. That's a big one, you guys. And I don't know how much to say. Like my clients come to yeah. me and they're like, Cassandra, this carrier brokered out to this carrier and there's a schedule bin policy and da da da. And now I, there's no insurance. What do I do? And I'm like, you're shit out of luck. I'm sorry. There's literally nothing I can do. I think I'm a great lawyer. Jolly sometimes says otherwise, but you're out of luck. Like that's another you thing that goes Open wrong. your checkbook and, and yeah. pay, out yeah. the, pay out the damages. Like, yeah. So uh, like I would like to let you guys know that where did it go? We had another little clever comment by Swan Leap. Why oh, no. the grocery store? Why was the grocery store out of butter? Butterflies. That was cute. That is cute. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, Charlie. Was that not funny enough for you? No, I was say hashtag dad, dad, dad joke. I was just going to say hashtag dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, gonna use, okay. I'm, I'm literally Come using on, that man. with my son when I pick him up from school today. I'm using that with my son. Uh, you guys have six minutes. What is your remaining? You either get to leave. You either get to leave a remaining tip, or you get to vent. You get to do whatever you want. Each of you have two minutes to say whatever you want. Who wants to go first? Grace, you're in, and I bet it's toward butter bread. But go ahead. Just go ahead. I can't be butter bread and speak at the same time. Like that's. Impossible. I don't know. A couple times I saw you like this under here secretly. Yeah. I don't trust you. I saw I uh, someone said I was cute. That's interesting. Um, I think <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that stops this situation from happening, and this really goes into the problem I think a lot of people are dealing with right now, is. Build good relationships with carriers and you can avoid this usually from happening because if you know, <laughs> sorry, no, you're good. Swan says I was trying to make a butter yeah. pun, but the margin for error was too great. That was really that good. One was good. That one was good. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. Trust. No. Building well, it. Build trust. I, I can't tell you if I've used a carrier more than a handful, 10 times, they are less likely to do this. It, it, if you yep, onboard the carriers correctly, if yep. you actually build a relationship, you build a relationship with the dispatchers, you build a relationship with the carriers, uh, you butter you butter up to those carriers. <laughs> you just, if you just spread some love on those dispatchers and really, really let them know that there's no need for a margin of error within this transaction, then you're going to avoid it overall. And I think the issue is when we say it's happening more right now than it ever has, 
it's because people are scrambling and just yeah, they trying are. to cover loads. And they're the first person yeah. who calls them and says, I'll take it. They're like, yeah, cool. I'm going to speed you through our onboarding system and get you in here. Yep. Screw that, all those rules for onboarding. We have, let's just get rid of that capacity yeah. matters. This exactly. is a $5,000 rip, Cassandra. We don't need to yeah. verify anything. Go. Yeah, for a $100,000 claim that no one will pay out. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, invest in your carrier relationships and you will just naturally kind of see this stuff die. And for those of you who want to put that into your SOP, what she just said, which is you're going to put a lot of rules around first time carriers. They're the first time you've ever used them. So you should only give them one load at a time. You shouldn't lower your vetting standards and how much money that is. By the way, plaintiff attorneys would love to hear that. And thirdly, you should wait time until you get that signed POD, until everything's settled, the dust is settled before you give them more shipments. Those first time carers, usually the ones who double broker on you, y'all. Uh, there's ways you can vet them too. But Amanda, what do you got for us? My number one tip to like stop it before it happens is to be super strict on your carrier vetting. Know what to look for, know what to listen for when you're talking to a dispatcher or who, you know, an owner operator, whomever the case may be, like vet the carriers, take the two extra minutes while you have them on the phone. Like I've stopped talking about the freight that they're calling on and ask, I'm asking for MCs up front before I even say anything about the freight. I'm like, thank you for calling. What's your MC? I need to check on something really quick. And I want to look and see, and there's like some red flags, you know, if I'm here, a bunch of chatter in the background, but the MC they gave me is from Glendale, California. And with a one truck operation, and again, this market is like perfect for double brokering. There's so much money. Freight spends mm -hmm. are in the dumpster. They have already burned. They're gone. Mm -hmm. Ashes. There's so much money just so people, every company can get their material, be it raw steel or whatever, or toilet paper. I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter. Vet your carriers, like know what to listen for. There's like little things that people will let slip and say, that, will, that um, um, should immediately alert you again. Like I'll, I'll, I have a truck. No, it's not our reputation, but it is like you, you knew what the reputation was like, no. Yeah. You know, and sure. no one, they know even in a tight market, but if you have a good relationship with your customer, talk to them, tell them the real, be honest. Again, going back to my argument about honesty, we have to be able to trust each other. And I mean, like just vet the carriers, like vet, 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 vet them, vet them, vet them, vet them. And I agree with Grace, you know, like if you onboard a new carrier in a con and a consistent lane, because again, I have consistent lanes that my regulars are like, oh, that. see, there's this other load from Baltimore going to Pittsburgh. It's paying $9,000. I'm like, well, I mean, go for it. I Call me in two weeks when they run out of shingles, you know, like I'll wait because I'm not going to get $9,000 out of my customer. You know, like I can't do that. My customers are now experiencing freight spend fatigue. This has been going on for a year, but it's a capitalistic economy. I get it. Make the money while you can. Yeah. Jolly, what you got for us? I guess in closing with this, I think a lot of what we need to look at as brokers is being aware of taking on what we can actually handle. I think a lot of these scenarios pop up because our, we overcommitted. Our backs are against mm -hmm. the wall. We got four loads open to cover. Just fucking cover it with whoever. Hopefully mm -hmm. this works out. I think we have to be aware of that. 
I mean, I think any shipper who's watching this right now would rather have us only commit to what we can cover than overcommit and then have us roll the dice with their their customers freight because that's who it is. It's not it's our customer's customer who it's going yeah. to. We have to be aware of that. And you know, I'm not you know like take risks. I'm not saying that, you know, cuz you have to do that in this industry to make it, but be aware of your capabilities, especially in a tight market in any market really is don't back yourself into that corner where you have to roll the dice with somebody who gives you those red flags and you're like, well, I don't want to risk possibly losing my customer from this. So be aware of what you're committing to before you actually roll the dice with their freight. 100%. I love that. I, I would like to say that Swan Leap has another one for you guys. Perfect. No joke at buttered bread. You're my butter from another udder. Thank you for the compliment, Swan Leap. <laughs> Oh um, my God. I, so uh, for those of you who uh, missed out and you're like, well, what do I do when I get that collections notification or what you think is a law firm saying you need to pay us $5 million for all these shipments, blah, 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 $5,000 or whatever is a joke. Go to my website, mattgainslive.com. Hit the block button. I put a article there that will help you walk through each step on handle how to handle these collections companies because they are a pain in the ass. Uh, mm. I think next Friday we have JJ Keller. We're talking about carb, uh, many of our favorite topics, but thank you to our wonderful guests um, and everybody and everybody in the comments. You guys are amazing. We need to bring you yeah. back for like another really hot topic. And if then I'm going to pitch you guys against each other. I was going to say, if they're talking about carbs, you should probably get buttered bread on next week, too. Oh, that was Bad so joke. good. Oh, I'll be oh, there. so good. I'm just going to own it. I'm just going to own buttered bread. Oh, now. buttered bread says carbs. That's me. Oh, <laughs> All right. Happy Friday, you guys. Don't drink too much. And, um, and don't drink and pick up your kids from school. Rule number one in the world of buttered bread, I'm sure. Exactly. All right. We happy Friday and we will see you guys next Friday. Woo.